Hello. I was wondering if I might trouble you for a cup of strong black coffee and in the process engage you with an anecdote of no small amusement. It's bumping in here. Two bumping, apparently. I swear, people, we are professionals. Mm-mm. I've uh, never said a thing like that in my life. I like to think I am, at I least. I do this for fun and for clout. Look, we've got uh, quite a guest lineup. I just got nervous. I double-clicked, and uh, here we are with uh Double-clicked and this. I double-tapped. Very important. I double-tapped it, and uh, but it's okay, Oh, because uh, we're here now. We got the boys um, in the chat. We do have we have literally a boy in the chat. Just a small ch- <laughs> The greatest Star Wars character of all time from Eli here. Uh, let's see. Hmm. Mm. Uh, yes. Uh, and Hello. we have Nick. Hello, my darling. Podcast of the Wills greeting us as well. The Milky Daddy. Just a reminder, you can check it out live. You can see us go live for two seconds and kill it and then come back like Jesus. This is the nerd herder second coming. Uh, glad you could be here. Some vegetables um, are going to write a song about spoilers it. Spoilers for our guests there, Eli. But uh, anyway, yes, um, it, it's it been a week. How are you, Boop? Because I'm Jada. <laughs> Intros. I? Oh, wow. See, this is why we don't interview Ryan Johnson. I've never. <laughs> looked. Okay. We couldn't even get Seth Green. <laughs> we couldn't even get a pack of craft singles if we want. We could barely get my brother on the show. Oh, which I'm one? fine. Yes. You are fine. I'm glad you're here. Oh, uh, gross. You, you make life a little better, as does this show. And so I'm excited because we're returning to our first love of Star Wars. You know, we always go back and forth. We like other things, but we are uh, wholly committed to our wife's Star Wars. First we are name sci-fi. Star, last name Wars. And so I uh, enjoy getting to chat about any and everything from the galaxy far, far away. And I did not expect today's topic to be as controversial as apparently it is. I did because I know our friends. Um, but nonetheless, uh, maybe we can help some of those hurt feelings and uh, maybe dive into a therapy session of sorts to uh, end out on uh, just loving Star Wars because that's what we like doing. So mm-hmm. just as a reminder, uh, as we jump in about what we are talking about. I'm looking for someone. Looking? Found someone you have, I would say. Hmm? I'm looking for a great warrior. Fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. I sense much fear in you. Afraid? Surprised, are you? The challenge lifelong it is not to bend fear into anger. Say it out, you I will. <laughs> Are you friend? Hmm? Look at me. Look me by my size, do you? Hmm? And where you should not. For my ally is the Force. And the powerful client is.
Yes, come and join us, if you will, as oh, we discuss. Lord. I don't know what that was. Yoda, with our lovely panel of guests here, we have the tapestry man himself, Alden Diaz. Alden the tapestry. This is it. This is the <laughs> physical is the tapestry. tapestry. We also have a friend of me and now the show, and of course, the lovely patron, Doug. What's up, Doug? Douglas McClure. So when did I stop being Boots' friend? <laughs> no, friend. you are. Uh, but oh my I got gosh. personal real quick. <laughs> I don't know. And you've been my friend for a long time. <laughs> you knew me as an infant. Let's be real. Ooh, I think she Ooh. just called you old. I did. Um, <laughs> and uh, another uh, surprise third guest, actually, not really, but we realized recently that not many people new Listen, to Nerd Herder know um, who Francor is. And so we yes. have the lovely Francor. Frank or the uh, here with us, yes. It's an original joke. The short, the point. short-lived uh, nerd herder mascot. Um, I don't yes. know what picture was posted, but people kept like messaging and texting Boop, and we're like, "What is with this dang rancor Nicholas in the Milky background?" <laughs> just sends me a screenshot. I have nowhere. Like, what is this? Right, and it's a little so, baby. It's, it's a little a, baby. It's a, baby. It's a good boy. Like Muchi. They're cute. <laughs> exactly. exactly. This is our son. And about the size of a baby, actually. And so uh, yeah. for our audio listeners after the fact, we're in your future ears. Good, but you, you could be seeing this right now. You could be seeing said bebe uh, on the screen with us right now. He's from the Force Unleashed, right? Yeah. So, well, that I mean. Is, uh, the it, Felution it, one? Yeah. It, it's, yeah. It, came, it came out as a figure first of uh, Jabba's Palace. But then you just slap some paint on it and it's from the Force Unleashed. So Exactly. But yes, yeah, specifically that one. We got that at a comic shop dirt cheap one day. and He became our son. Yep, pretty much. Yeah, and I think one of the... He was holding another stormtrooper, but the one in his mouth is mine. <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, there you go. There's our, our lovely guest panel. Francor will not have a lot to say, uh, but he, he is here, and we need you to know he's here. But um, we're also glad, uh, Doug Alden, that you're here, that you joined us for this one. Um, and it, this was on the list for a little bit. Uh, and uh, Doug, I know you were uh, a first thought. You you were the Yoda man. Uh, if if I know anybody who loves Yoda, it, it's you. And so you were a first thought. And then uh, Alden, uh, if we're talking about a great and wise character, we need a great and wise uh, man. And, and you so, were available. <laughs> and you were available. <laughs> and we couldn't get one. So we decided to text you instead. Um, if I could, I, I wish I had it. I'm a, I'm a big um, text message deleter. I, I don't, if, if I have enough texts to scroll, that gives me anxiety. So I only ever have like seven conversations at once. So I don't have the text, but I think Boop's exact words were, we need someone who knows what the F they're talking about or something or <laughs> like something like that. Exactly. That is 100% uh, what I said. Absolutely. Uh, I'm sure. And, and I absolutely agree. You're, you're a brilliant man. Um, and, and also a hilarious don't man. Validate him. I should come um, here more often. I don't know why. I do. <laughs> right. Why, why, even, why, why even go to discord to get validated? Just come see me. Just give me yeah. a call. I'll talk to you for three hours too. Exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But I'm anyway, just roll over one night, um, and if, you're just gonna be spooning Alden. <laughs> Crazier things have happened, and it, Doug's honestly. there too. Um, Doug is also there. He's at the foot of the bed. Well, yeah. l before we get too deep into the madness, um, I, right I do want to take some time to acknowledge because there's some cool stuff coming up that Alden, you get to be a part of. 
Mm. Uh, we are now in Podathon month. Yeah. Um, two weeks uh, of, uh, of, of sorts. A little over two 15 weeks. 15 days. A little over. Yeah. Yeah, one days. over. <laughs> uh, very soon, Podathon is going to be happening on September 17th. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can, of course, check out Podathon's official channels for information. Uh, but it's a lineup of amazing podcasters and all that. Y- you know what? Why don't I just run the ad? Ryan Johnson. Hi, this is Christopher Sean Kaz from Star Wars Resistance. Hey, this is Seth Green, and I want you to join me for the Potathon 2022, benefiting the Make a Wish Foundation on September 17th. Potathon is a day-long charity podcasting event that raises money for the Make a Wish Foundation. Starting at 9 a.m. East, raising money to help make wishes come true for kids who need it most. I'm going to be on there with Octu Radio at 8 p.m. I'll be hanging with my friends from Tatooine Sons. I'll be hanging out with Scotty and Jerry of the Bombad Cast at 7 p.m. East, 4 Pacific. Mark your calendars now and visit www.thepodathon.com for more information about the event and how you can donate directly to Make-A-Wish. You will click the donation link now. What are you waiting for? Dang. Potathon. Be there, be square. You can donate now. Uh, and the cool thing is not only are you donating to Make-A-Wish directly, but you're going in for a raffle. You get double the points, I believe. Uh, it's yep. still a thing until day of. And so there's mm-hmm. all kinds of cool prizes happening. Uh, so if you want to do good and get some good for yourself out of it, hey, nothing wrong with that. That's that's what the raffles are for. So be sure to check out Podathon. Um, Alden, I do have to ask, what 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 was it like with with Ryan is is he as chill the entire time as he seems uh, or or were you intimidated at all going in with with someone like him? Um, I this is like a really like annoying um, like media person thing to say. I, I think <laughs> I don't I don't get intimidated anymore just because I've been like thrown into the fire a little bit. Like my, the first time the first time I was ever live on the radio and and I started in Miami, which is like a top ten market like lots of people listening, hundreds of thousands of people listening um i was pranked on air just so they could see if i had the thick skin to do that job like they they staged it on my very first day of work when i was an assistant producer to make it look like i had messed everything up they had fake callers they had everything um just to see if i would flip out and quit Uh, and then when i pushed through it and like stood my ground they were like, ah, you passed. Ah, welcome to the family. Welcome to the show. So it takes a lot to throw me that way. That said, it was probably the only time in the history of my podcasting, like career slash hobby, like my fun side of broadcasting that I've ever done prep. I don't do notes. I don't, I don't, I just don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but with Ryan, I had prep partially because he, you know, he's big, big director. You want, he wants to know what he's going to talk about. He doesn't want to have nonsense sprung on him but i was like really really focused um and he delivered he's a a gem of a human being one of the nicest people i've ever talked to extremely thoughtful extremely generous with his time uh it's a unique star wars interview i and think since he's been talking about star wars publicly he's never done one that's like this we touch on things that um i don't think he's ever talked about um and that includes things like like rise of skywalker comes up uh finn's arc throughout the entire trilogy comes up we talk about filming the crate confrontation with force projection luke and and kylo ren 
because even in the behind the scenes documentary, that's not even really explored uh, like Mark and Adam driver and that type of stuff. So it's really great. He's awesome. It's the mm-hmm. only thing I've ever done that I've gone back and listened to in full after an edit. Cause I hate, I hate listening to my own stuff. I don't know if you watch these episodes when you're done with them. It's hell. No one oh, wants absolutely to do it. Not. It's, it's terrible. Yeah. Um, but I've watched this one now three times, one of which for, you know, some of them for, for editing reasons, things like that, but it, it doesn't feel like it's me, which mm. is my sort of confirmation that it's good. Mm-hmm. Like it just sort of, if it's like an out of body type thing. He's yeah. amazing. Can that's confirm awesome. it is spectacular. Oh, that's right. You saw it. Yeah. <laughs> and I hate it. Yeah. Boop, Boop, Boop has their ways. Um, uh, it's true. They were there the whole time. It's no. true. I was in yeah. the background. It's just it's, behind Alden. I believe I saw the timeline for it. It's like a, a almost twelve hour day of of podcasting. Yeah. I mean day. it 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 goes from beginning of the day to the end of the day, and I'm looking forward to mm-hmm. all of it. And I hope that everyone uh, listening, I know some of you are, uh, but for anyone yeah, that's just a, learning about it, one of the producers here. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But, uh, no, Nick. yeah. Nick, Podcast yeah. of the Wills, Nick Delke, yeah. uh, one of the producers of the entire show, Nothing who has uh, an incredible guest for his. He's got Phil Showstack going on. Yes. Who is daddy. an incredible writer. So I cannot wait for that. And there's things that, like, I haven't watched anybody's stuff in full, some of it's live. So we'll just wait and see. But mm-hmm. like, I've seen, like, a couple clips from, like, the Seth Green interview. And I've, I know there's a couple other things, that either in works there or things. Go. And so it's, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, look at that. It's just, uh, look at that. That, that's your It's day, a murderer's bro. row. It, it, that's what you can look forward to. Uh, I guarantee you know at least a couple of those faces. Uh, you love some of them. Um, and so I'm looking forward to everything. The others you that. can stay quiet. So about. check it out. Uh, we will be there loudly supporting in the comments. And Nick, Nick, let me just go ahead and say, don't ask where I got the video. But anyway, um, so I digress. Uh, Yoda. Heard of him. Apparently a controversial uh, Muppet of a guy. Uh, but, uh, you know, I only take that to mean that he's, he's done and meant some things, uh, in the many years since being introduced when people have, Mm -hmm. even if it is on two opposing sides, when people have very strong opinions, um, clearly it's a very strong character. Uh, Mm -hmm. it's, if it brings you to such a, to such Mm -hmm. a place. Um, and so before we kind of run through, uh, the history, because, this new series that we do that you'll see a few of in the future of Nerd Herder is where we just take our entire time and focus on one person, one point, one character in the franchises that we love. We've already done one on Maul um, mm. that was busting at the seams. And so we'll see how this one uh, goes as well. Uh, but and and I will say Yoda was not high on my list Um we we brainstormed a few that were like, oh, yeah, let's definitely try it out with these. Those should be good. And we'll see if we can how much life we can keep in this. You know, well, you could barely pick them out of a crowd. So I don't blame you. <laughs> oh, you sure? oh, hey. oh. Um, now, do I foresee us doing a character spotlight on four lum? Um, I don't I mean, I could talk for a little while. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm sure we could make it happen. But um, also, yes, before we get too started. OK, Kelly Knox shared the best Yoda joke I've ever heard in my life the other day. Okay. <laughs> Frank Oz may not have uh, designed the Yoda puppet, but he had a hand in it. <laughs> Phenomenal. Give it, a, give it a moment. Give it a moment. Don't blame me. Blame Kelly Knox. 
And moving on. And so, um, but I will say, uh, and this is not to toot that your horn, funny. Doug. Shut up. Uh, but uh, we, you and I have talked before. Um, uh, well, we're we're both Star Wars fans, long running. Um, and so we. How about, about long running, John? I go back to 1977. How far <laughs> do you go back? Uh, well, at least 1999. So there it is. Um, uh, but uh, you, we, you and I could almost do a podcast in and of ourselves, some of the conversations we get to have. I think and... we have done a podcast together for about a <laughs> we, year. We have, actually. Okay. Um, don't look for it. And so... Uh, <laughs> no, please don't. <laughs> uh, wanting to get you on, I knew the the ticket, like I said, you're my Yoda guy. I knew the ticket was uh, Yoda. And so for you in particular, Doug, I'm curious uh, if you can elaborate. Uh, you're such a, a lyricist with words why Yoda? Why is he so special to you? Uh, you know, a, a, a Muppet character uh, and, and such a tapestry of, of rich characters. Uh, what he makes him stand so out? I owe him like 50 cents already, but yeah, uh, that's true. Yeah. What makes Yoda stand out for you, bud? I mean, he, he really became, uh, at least when I was a kid, became kind of like, well, like one of the OG Jedis for me. Uh, I mean, you, you got a real brief, like, like obi-wan experience there but then he gets gets chopped down i mean then yoda comes in and yoda gets you this whole gets his whole way through the second movie into the third and then you know bouncing back it, it just he kind of care the kind of kind of became that anchor character i think for a lot of ways and just to see the evolution of the character and in almost i almost will use the word reverse evolution i mean you see a lot more life in yoda uh, as the series goes on uh, than you did. I mean, very limited, but I mean, some of that's te technologically limiting. Uh, and you got to remember, we're talking about, you know, the early 80s uh, when they, when they, you know, were when this character was a puppet. So there's a very limited, but even looking at the, how they, they uh, characterize him. I mean, that first meeting with Luke where he's, he's running around with a flashlight <laughs> is, is like this big moment with Yoda. And then later, you know, we, we get a couple of movies in the prequel and now he pulls out a lightsaber and we're all sitting there going, where the heck has that been? I mean, <laughs> right. where the heck has this lightsaber been for all these years? Where does he keep it in his robes? I don't want to have that thought, you know? And then suddenly he's doing all this stuff. So he kind of became like a, uh, almost like almost like a bridging character a lot that kind of connected. And he, and he knows everybody and everybody knows him, but nobody ever talks about it. But then as soon as he walks in, suddenly he's a, he, he almost becomes that, okay, we're not really sure how to get from A to B. Oh yeah, we're just gonna throw a little Yoda in there, and suddenly it makes sense, right? And I mean, mm -hmm. even see what's happening on there. there it, it's almost like they're trying to legitimize, in my opinion, the whole Mandalorian series by bringing in a Yoda-like character again to once again bring back the, the, the nostalgic kind of presence that was there in the in the original trilogy. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it gives you that whole once more that bridging character. So that was what it's for me. I mean, he was something you could go back and depend on. Uh, you know, his arc was pretty clean for me uh, in a lot of ways. And uh, there wasn't a lot of, uh, you know, he, he was old. I mean, we're talking probably, you know, in his late 800s by the time he were by the time we're starting to see him in action. So, I mean, I was I was just just kind of enthralled with the whole idea. Yeah. As a guy also in your late 800s, it's just very relatable. Wow. But uh yeah, I've, I've always, you know, I think it comes up often, um, you know, oh, I bet people were blown away, like seeing the real mm -hmm. Yoda after that first introduction in Empire. But I also think it probably is pretty crazy to go, like if you went 
you know, episode one, two, three, four, and then land in five. And they're like, oh, no, they're bringing in Yoda. It's OK. The day is saved. And then you see he's a little wacky. <laughs> yeah. yeah. like, oh, Yoda's gone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I mean, <laughs> they the left this guy on this planet forever in the swamp. I mean, you know, he was, out, he was, he was living out in hiding and they really didn't touch about that. And in, yeah. in, in that for the first time he showed up, there wasn't much of any. Basically, he's living in hiding, and they really didn't address that much when these movies first came out. You got to remember this lore was developed. I mean, yeah, I mean there was <laughs> there was a significant amount of it, of it written, but yeah. I mean it, it, we're jumping in the middle of a story, and literally, right. Empire is the fifth story in this nine movie arc. And most of us, I mean, got to remember I, when when I grew up, we never thought any of the other six were going to get made, mm-hmm. right? And then they do these prequels, and we're like, okay, well. Thanks for doing that. Okay, at least we got the first six done. But, you know, we heard about these other three that were going to happen. But so for us, I mean, five was, I mean, it was there for us. And it was just a moment. Mm -hmm. And then he shows back up in his whole non-corporeal form in six. And then now he's he's throwing lightning. And and the later ones, I mean, once again, Yoda keeps bringing these powers out of places. I don't know where he stores these things. Speechless. Yeah, seriously. I mean, it's just almost like, okay, you know, you think you know Yoda? Now let me show you the new Yoda. Yeah. I mean, and like, to your point, to your point about Dagobah, in the context of 1980, his physical appearance being this short green thing, it perfectly stands to reason for a child in 1980 that he just lives there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, like the idea of exile. We thought he's not. There. not yeah, yeah. That's his home. There's maybe there's other Yodas somewhere else there. Sure. Like, who knows? Um, but they, yeah, the idea of that we get the idea that old Ben was in the desert for a reason, but even then, it's never like I've been watching you since you were a kid for X, Y, and Z reasons. Mm-hmm. That's never said. And and the Yoda thing is never said. When even when you hear Ben Kenobi's voice come over uh, to communicate with them in Empire, it's not like like with the whole like you will learn patience. Like he's not like remember when we had to move into these little houses. <laughs> like that doesn't happen. So yeah, full of mystery. I don't know what you're talking about, Alden. George Lucas had a plan, and he executed that plan exactly to the so clearly. (laughs) clearly. He planned out the entire series. It was a plan. I just don't know if all the avenues were exactly straight and how they're going to get there. Well, I, you know, I've long held, and I don't think it's terribly controversial of an opinion, uh, but who knows? But uh, you know, George is very reactionary. So regardless of what out, he's always had an outline for sure. He knew beginning and end where he wanted to go the the journey between a and b though has fluctuated film to film um and and there's nothing necessarily wrong with that because you know i think there is a lot of uh power in hindsight i mean and yoda's a very uh indicative character of that because Mm. you know what we get in the original trilogy um after a few years to stew on and 16 years later now we get uh, you know, him reintroduced in the uh, peak of the Jedi Order uh, and everything. And so it's like, all right, what gets baked into Yoda in 1999 uh, mm. is only because we've had hindsight and time to, all right, well, how did he get to Dagobah? What would mm-hmm. take this great grand Jedi that apparently trained Obi-Wan and others? Um, like, what what brings him there? Yeah. And so, um, yeah, he, he's all it's always been a, a journey of change and everything like that. But yeah. um, I, I do. I agree with you, Alden, that uh, for the time, it was very much 
believable like mm-hmm. uh given the context of other films coming out and and the effects yeah. used to bring him to life no yeah. why would yeah. why would the character that in the first 20 25 minutes of this movie were we're told is the journey like your journey is to meet this wise grand master why would you waste a puppet on the grand master character because jim right. henson's a freaking genius <laughs> yeah well yeah to, to, to subvert your yeah i mean it's the it's the subversion of the roles that you know, that george was so good at like he was he, george is all about like taking something that is x and then finding a way to make it y by adjusting one thing so you take mm-hmm this guy who's kind of a rough sort of bum like Han Solo, like a goof. And it's like, Oh, well I can tell the man and his dog story, but I make the dog a person too. And that's how you get Chewbacca. I can tell the, the story of a weird creature that all fantasy things have mm-hmm. going to like Gollum, you know, and I can tell the, the wise grandmaster archetype like a Gandalf and I mesh them together. Yeah. And exactly. so it's like the weird creature is the wise master who's testing him. And, and on that point, like of him being an unexpected thing and leading with comedy with the, you know, it's mine or help you. I, I will not. Or like whatever the exact <laughs> is. trivia masters are going to be annoyed at me. Shout out to Eli. Um, yeah. the, the whole the whole thing is like on, on a real world level, nothing that happened in Empire could ever take away the, the singular massive success of 1977 star wars if empire failed they still have one hit that can never be taken away from them it changed the world so star wars is responsible for star wars success yoda in empire is responsible for star wars longevity because if yoda fails the entire thing fails if people don't believe and that's why when people say mark hamill's acting in the originals is a little weak you're wrong because mark hamill has to sell with frank oz and clay and molded sculpted clay a performance that is so soulful and if he doesn't believe then then no one believes and that's something that daisy ridley would pick up later on with bb8 like mm-hmm. if 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 she doesn't believe no one believes and and that puppet working changes everything and you hear the stories of like oh we considered you know, maybe having like, didn't they consider like having like a monkey do it or having a kid do it? There, or having, there was actually like, even test footage of the monkey, apparently. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, you hear that, it sounds horrible. It sounds like a disaster waiting to happen. So it works on that level. And then on the mythological level, it works in the way that Star Wars always does. It's just, we take everything and we just like bend it a little bit this way and that way, which is why we like it so much is that it can be more than one thing like you could have the hero of the you know the heroes and then the hero's kid Mm -hmm. and he's also the villain of the next one so there's always a lot of combining going on yeah Yeah. i mean for pete's sake you have the great dragon archetype and the like you said the dark wizard being the father archetype being mashed together as well the dragon is a person and that's freaking dope yeah like that's when star wars kind of broke my mind all those years ago in 2015 was when I realized that Star Wars is fantasy. Mm -hmm. It is sci-fi. It is science fantasy. But it is high freaking fantasy. Yeah, it's fantasy in space. It's not concerned with the science. How does the hyperdrive work? It just does. It just just does. does. Like what? It moves at the speed of plot, which is part of Dagobah. (laughs) Like like Pablo Hidalgo has said, like how long was Luke on Dagobah? If they were able to get to Cloud City without aging, but he also had like an ambiguous amount of training, it, it's it's magic. 
it yeah. exactly. moves at the speed it needs to move. It's like the hyperbolic time chamber in Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> exactly. it, ju it just moves the way it needs to. Ten, ten points for that one. Uh, that, <laughs> it, that literally changes literally every time it shows up. Every time the every time chamber time. shows up, its yeah. logic changes because mm -hmm. it's just whatever. And that's the thing is like, where where did certain characters go? Oh, the creator forgot about them. Like it's not launch my love. It so. Yeah. A creator being a person doesn't take away any of the magic that of what no. they create. Like a Akira Toriyama forgetting about an entire character and never reintroducing her. She was so cool. But makes him human. But it doesn't take make like it doesn't make uh, Dragon Ball imperfect or ruin no. how it's made you feel. It's, it's just, license to it's to like. This is, this is a David Lynch-friendly show, right? Uh, Joseph Scrimshaw brings <laughs> yeah, up this sure. quote a lot over on Four Center. David Lynch talks about a, leave, giving the audience room to dream. Exactly. Like he's, you know, David Lynch has said, like, if I could write down what I was thinking and feeling, I would have. I can't, which is why I made this. Which is um, why nobody understands Mulholland Drive. Right. Or so, supposed to. Yeah, it's, it's evocative. It's supposed to make you feel things. So when people ask questions like, how did especially with force powers, like Last Jedi criticism, you know, Doug, you brought it up, the lightning moment in Last Jedi. How, how could he summon that from the afterlife? And it's like, well, because he could. It called for it in this moment. It, you know, they're not there. Yoda's not there to solve all the problems of the next generation. He's there functionally to bolster the next generation. Exactly. We have not seen Yoda's story where he's the protagonist ever. Even episodes of Clone Wars where he's the lead, he's in service of the story of the Clone Wars, which is about the Jedi as they fall now. The Clone Wars is about Anakin, Obi-Wan, Ahsoka, and the surrounding Jedi of this generation. Maybe one day. Even in High Republic, he's a mentor. High Republic, mm -hmm. he's, he's younger. He's, he's still old. He's still old. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's still a grandmaster. He's, you know, you back it up to what? He's his 600s. Wow, what a change. Uh, right, uh, real oh. quick joke about that. Oh, Jesus. Oh, no. Yeah, no, we know. He's here. We know, Jared. It's, here, it's, the, the it's getting its own night. segment. Literally uh, tuning in from Buffalo Wild Wings. Why are you at Buffalo Wild Wings? Do you love that? Because Ezra endorsed it the other day. That's why. Uh, yeah. Ezra Bridger oh. endorsed Buffalo Wild Wings. Um, so, yeah. sorry. I just, no, just a quick aside to that. Like, I'm so glad that the Star Wars fandom is finally feeling what I feel when I hear an anime uh, voice actor in, in the wild, yeah. so to speak. Like, oh, so I, weird. I, being in, into things that have hundreds of voice actors all the time uh you hear them all the time yeah. uh you find them in many a commercial mm -hmm. and so it's funny uh because yeah. animation is still such a small part of star wars uh for star wars fans to experience that for the first time it's just like <laughs> or just like hearing jim cummings in uh the clone wars and being like that's oh, yeah. what you're right yeah just the other day i was talking to um somebody that I, I used to work on this radio station and since I've left, uh, they've been making like some changes or whatever. And they posted like something that had like the list of everybody on the team since I've been gone. And Vanessa Marshall is on there. Oh I'm my like, God. what the, heck, the hell? And apparently she does some of the voicing for the station now. That's and so it's cool. like, it's Hera, man. Like that's, that's crazy. But voice actor got to work. So, Oh, for sure. She oh, for sure. Got a theater family. We can't all be Peter Cullen and just survive off of Optimus Prime royalty. Just, just <laughs> Optimus do one Prime thing. can't even survive off Optimus Prime. Like, I don't think he's done anything else. I mean, I, I'm quite possibly wrong. <laughs> he's but the voice of Eeyore. He is not needed to do anything else uh, yeah. since Transformers. You. That's he true. Something else recently, he? I don't recall. He's but, in a game, uh, I think. Some some recent game. Ooh, can't remember what it was. Good for him. Yeah. Still good. Still kicking. Um, 
I interrupted you in a point. Do you recall that point? Oh, uh, yeah, I think I think I vaguely do. Like, so the real world aspect, of course, of like Star Wars is believability we talked about. But then without Yoda, we don't advance some of the themes of the force. And it's been reiterated a lot. So Obi-Wan has the binds us and penetrates us. And then that goes all the way to this year with the Obi-Wan show. It's like, you know, the you know, afraid of the dark. When you turn on the light, you feel safe. Like that whole conversation with, with Leia, which is beautiful mm. but yoda is the one that i think cements that first one so like new hope's explanation is part one yoda's is part two yoda gives you luminous beings yoda gives you you know the tree the rock everything yoda gives you um i don't believe it that's why you fail exactly. which is like every single thing that he says in empire is basically a theme statement chef's kiss um, give us a disgustingly wet chef well and and a great point too because uh you know i mean even with exactly. alec guinness's uh fairly uh self-contained line delivery in a new hope did, yeah. did anyone doug you were there did you walk away understanding the force after the first episode of star wars well no because i mean once again this is as close as we could get to publicly accessible magic uh, I mean, you, you know, remember that this is coming out of a time period where there wasn't a lot of fantasy options. There were books. I mean, we're, we're seeing on the screen and we're seeing you know, these things happen, these things floating. But you got to remember, Yoda was the first one to actually really do the magic part of the force. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, you got the whole lightsaber thing going on. And who knows what Obi-Wan was sneaking in the back behind the scenes that we weren't <laughs> aware of. But for yeah. the most part, movie wise, Yoda was the first one to do the non weapon force however you want to look at it however you want to clarify it so mm -hmm. it was it was it was a big moment it was a big moment when, when you when you bring this whole this whole x-wing out of the swamp this is this is a moment you know mm -hmm. and 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 and, they, and it was incredible what lucas did because he ties into uh, uh story themes archetypes that are that are you know throughout scripture throughout uh all, all kinds of all kinds of narratives uh, mm -hmm. and, and fantasy about the difference between size mm -hmm. uh you know talking about the fact that you know just because i'm small doesn't mean i can't do big things and this becomes uh almost a rallying cry for the whole understanding of the rebellion that mm -hmm. just because they're small they can't do large things that it gets to the point where then it would be taken to the next the next the next era the next generation and now we have a female jedi which once again we don't hear much of in this, you know, first couple movies, and you really don't get really a, a good feeling for it. Even the prequel, suddenly we now have a female Jedi, and here she is doing big things. I mean, so in a lot of ways, uh, Yoda was a trendsetter, trendsetter, mm -hmm. because he really kind of started this whole, you know, just because I'm small, just because yeah. you don't see much here, doesn't yeah. mean there's not much here to deal with. So I mean, it mm -hmm. was just, it was a really big moment when when, when he shows up and do, does these things. And that theme, even just keeping it on the originals, because I know, John, you're going to lead us down, you know, all the way to Last Jedi yeah. and everything. Um, <laughs> arguably, to we could go all the way to Rise because he's part of the last moment with Rey and the voices. But yeah. the the thing in, in Return of the Jedi, it's like, it's remembered like, yeah, his presence is mostly limited to his death and that final scene, you know, the confirmation of what Luke already knew was true. But the whole like, mm -hmm. your father, he is, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And then the ghost stuff. But Yoda's presence is there for Luke uh, thematically and emotionally and, and ideologically, even when Luke is completely far away from him, even on Endor. Something that I love is that when the Ewoks all approach them and trap them 
and they're all sort of like freaking out. They don't know what to do. Han's like, get that thing out of my face. And they're all, <laughs> everybody doesn't know what to do with the Ewoks. Are these friends or foes? Are we going to have to kill all these little bears? Are we going to have to trap them? Like, who knows? The only person that's calm is Luke because he already learned this lesson. He learned it on Dagobah. He has already internalized size matters not. He's already internalized don't judge a book by its cover because he already did that. In Empire, mm -hmm. he did exactly what Han and them are doing now with the Ewoks. Um, and that carries through to uh, his interactions with Grogu, not just visually because he's got another one of those now, literally in the backpack homaging that, <laughs> but, but he's able to see Grogu's worth as, yes, he's a baby, he's very cute, but it's a young man. Like he's a 50 year old, like Yoda raises interesting, fun canon questions because if he dies around 900, he says for 800 years, I've trained Jedi. That means Grogu has 50 years to get up to like full on adult capable of holding down a job. Like a uh, so that, you know, Yoda, Grogu, Gattle species, puberty hits like a Mack truck. Evidently, <laughs> uh, we just haven't seen it happen yet. <laughs> like, always. Grogu, you're going to hit like 55. <laughs> Four yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Gro Grogu season three, season four is you like, oh, I hate get you. out of my room. I hate you. <laughs> uh, so I am hurt reverse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, Luke's respect for all creatures and everything comes from this, which like most Jedi would have learned just as a part of their training because they come up in a diverse temple full of different types of beings from all around the galaxy. Every mm -hmm. single every single group of younglings is composed of a bunch of different species that all have different forms, sizes, limitations, abilities. Uh, Kiari Mundi's like, he's a polygamist, like, because, you know, it exposes you to cultures too. Right. Uh, and I don't know if it transferred into, it's one of those things where it's like, they haven't contradicted it. I mean, uh, yeah. Well, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. They have, they haven't gone into his sex life, so we don't know, but it can, it's safe to assume that. But we go. will hit the lights. <laughs> hit the lights. But Luke is able to learn that because if he, if it wasn't for Yoda, he would have just had the bed Kenobi experience and he would have been serviceable. I mean, we have Marvel comics of Luke in between, you know, New Hope and Empire. And by the beginning of Empire, he can, tap into the physical force to do a force pull, but he uh, hasn't learned like sociological fundamentals yet until Yoda. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He, he had the, the function, but not necessarily the full understanding. Like, yes, you can do this, but you don't understand why you can do it. It's like, mm -hmm. and I mean, Doug, you're a, a nerd. Like I can, I can play guitar. Like I have learned the form and function to play guitar. I do not understand music theory. Therefore, even though I, I can play. I don't know why. <laughs> like I don't. Mm. I don't understand the deeper parts of that. Yeah. And so, like this you know what? There's a scene about that in Star Wars, and everybody likes to write it off like it's a joke. But that's the point of the Dexter Jetster scene. Yes, you yes. Jedi and the difference between knowledge and <laughs> wisdom. <laughs> that's what that is. You can know exactly. everything, but it means nothing if you can't apply it. Well, remember, what, remember what Yoda does for for Luke there. I mean, so he's doing the training montage. Thank God, without the power balance. <laughs> yeah, seriously, but I don't know about thank God. I could have used for a power balance. Yeah, but he's, <laughs> but look at what Luke's doing. He's actually carrying Yoda. Now mm -hmm. there's no reason why Yoda could not move himself. I mean, he's we've seen it in later movies that he could do all this stuff. <laughs> he is he is becoming a, a burden uh, for Luke physically, but also metaphorically. 
Because mm-hmm. at this point, at least for me and the and Luke's story, he begins learning the responsibility of the Jedi is to carry other people. Yep. Mm. And so for me, that becomes a theme that that arcs through for the for the for the rest of the whole time. That's why he starts a school. <laughs> That's why he does all these things. Is that he he learns how to carry people because there's no reason Yoda couldn't have done it himself. Absolutely. But yet he yeah. chose to, uh, chose to ride on Luke's shoulders, and he was also looking at the world. This is the coolest thing about. Uh, I'm sorry, Alden, but I like preaching about this. When, when, when he's looking, when he's looking down the barrel there, he's looking at the world through Luke's perspective because he's right there behind his shoulder. Mm. So he's looking at. So as Luke's traveling along, Yoda's seeing exactly what's Luke's seeing, and Yoda probably knows the right way to do it, and he's seeing the way Luke's doing it, and then suddenly there's a way to say, so you know what? Okay, you can almost you can almost imagine the after conversation. Okay, we're we're, we're jumping, we're grabbing this fine. If you'd have done this and this, maybe we could have gotten a little more efficiently. And so some of that efficiency came because he chose to spend that time directly with Luke. And it becomes, for me, Obi-Wan was always very distant with Luke. Um, mm-hmm. You know, maybe it's because, yeah. hey, you know, I chopped half your dad off. I mean, there it is. Yeah, that'll do it. There it is. But I mean, there but there was never that really a fondness between Obi-Wan and Luke that you you really don't see on the screen. Whereas... I mean, he's intimately connected to Yoda. They yeah. they come in contact several times, and for me, it almost becomes he becomes more of a father figure, in essence, to Luke, force wise mm. than Obi Wan ever does. I mean, this is I'm my just, small green daddy. Yeah, yeah. Was, <laughs> I mean, why not though? Well, I mean, yeah. talk about a kid who has daddy issues. I mean, <laughs> for sure, gets yeah, more daddy. And then think about what it's juxtaposed in that movie. We know he goes from having a really good dad to, to a dead oh dad. God, um, I have the right. worst dad in the yeah. same movie, and and that that's a whole emotional arc right there. That's a lot for anybody. And he and he has Yoda then to bounce that off of. Like Yoda confirms mm-hmm. that truth, and Yoda, and we'll get into the he ways that they're Yoda's different. Really and wrong, but, I'm not taking yeah. this guy's word for it. Yeah, I need to talk needs, to my real dad and get the real answer. And he's the truth. Luke looks for surrogates in the same way that his father did. Anakin did the same. One of which was Yoda and Anakin's darkest moment. I know we're skipping a little bit ahead here. I'll come back, but the it's, it's Anakin. All right. Easy, easy there. Boop. Easy. All right. I didn't come here to be policed. Um, I've never taken it easy in my life. (laughs) I have anxiety. (laughs) Anakin, Anakin's anxiety brought him to Yoda. It was the exactly. only person that he felt even a modicum of comfort with. Yoda dropped the ball, but that doesn't change the fact that so Anakin went. So did a lot went. of people. Um, and so did a lot of people. But yeah, with Yoda, I mean, his his ability, like you're saying, Doug, to get into the the literal, sometimes literal perspective of his pupils to find out what they need. I mean, I don't want to spoil too much about higher public because I know some of that stuff's newer. Not everyone has the the time in their life to just read a bunch of novels. But there's a the, lot. The and there's a lot. And there's a lot. Or the ability to read, Leah Michelle. Shout um, out to our dyslexic fans out there. Yeah, <laughs> Leah, like Leah Michelle. Um, but the in uh, in Midnight Horizon, I was looking at my shelf to make sure it was the right one. Yeah, in Midnight Horizon, there's a lot of flashbacks to Kentum Sai, um, and they were Yoda's. Uh, their pronouns they them Kentum Sai. Uh, they were uh, Yoda's Padawan circa like the maybe like 30-ish years, 20, 30 years before mm-hmm. those events. Cantum's now a master in their own right, but they flash back to their some of their uh, interactions as master and apprentice. And Cantum's like, I think I gotta go. Like, before I level up tonight, I don't even know. Like, I, I don't think I can make that choice 
unless I leave and they leave and have a romance and I don't want to spoil all that. And Yoda is like, then go. Mm -hmm. And that's because Yoda knew they would come back, but Yoda needed to engage with their choice and what they needed, um, which is something that takes a certain amount of intuition. I mean, I've talked about this with uh, Scotty from Bombad cast Ooh. because he's a teacher, uh, which to the shock of many, <laughs> um, it, 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 charged with the care of young minds. But we've talked about how people, and this is in all types of leadership, but especially in teaching, you need to be able to know what each pupil needs. And that's why Yoda has had such differing types of pupils. There's not a lot of commonality between Cantum, Dooku, and like Luke, you know, just as an example of three people that he's changed. They're very different guys. Um, and so some people need tough love. Some people need to be hugged a little bit. Some people need an inspirational speech. Some people need to be reverse psychologied into mm -hmm. doing what they need to do. So, and some people need all of that. Some people need metaphors. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, metaphors so... be with you. <laughs> Can I use um, my F bomb, please? No. <laughs> That was on a sticker in my uh, English class in high school, a sticker in one of the classrooms, metaphors be with you. Right. Like, and, and yes, constantly in amazement, Scotty is a teacher. Um, he's a good guy, that cat. But so I think, I think we've hit a lot with uh, Empire. I think we've even hit some with Return of the Jedi. And unless there's any other big thoughts on um, Return of the Jedi, episode six, Yoda, I think we've hit some good points. Yeah. Um, heading into the the prequels now uh this is where yoda gets a little bit of a shakeup. uh like i mentioned now um not only is it many years later star wars had had time in the real world amongst fans and critics alike to steep um but uh in the in universe we're actually going back in time um uh, before he was the crazy uh green hermit to when he was the crazy green jedi um, Love that. And so, and also, I will go on record and say I am actually a Phantom Menace purist. Uh, I don't think that puppet was wrong Ooh, in any way. Interesting. Okay. Okay. I, I forgot that that was even a topic. Yeah, uh, I, I attempted to I make him so It still bothers me uh, that 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 changed. I do. It's got cheekbones. How much you watch that movie? <laughs> it's, it's it's my favorite, man. And. Um, you still do yeah, all I mean, that droid ducking through that force field, but it's a whole different show. Oh, <laughs> uh, I remember we we watched that whole movie just for that point. Um, I, he ducked. He ducks. He does duck. You are right. The droid ducks. Um, they look like the droid ducks. ducks in Captain America. Uh, never mind. I'm not going to finish that. But anyway, <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> how good is She Hulk? She Hulk reference for the crowd. Uh, yeah, yeah. Thank, thank you. The boy gets it. Uh, Eli gets it. He's the favorite. Puppet Yoda is good Yoda. I, I can't go on record as best Yoda. This is recorded, but uh, good. Anyway, uh, so with the transition, I'll start with you, Boop, so you can get some extra time to chat. Get out of the freaking chat. <laughs> Alden is in two places at once. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I had, a, I had a, to set, set one of our children in line. Real yes. quick. Thank you. Um, what was the question? I didn't ask it yet, but um, <laughs> for you, because I know like Empire especially is probably some of your favorite Yoda. Yes. I know like you're a big Yoda quote kind of person. Yeah, I literally keep myself in check mentally with Yoda quotes. <laughs> I, I think many of us do. Um, to have to go from the very quotable, very inspiring, challenging Yoda uh, to the Yoda of the prequels, especially in the first one where 
you know, very doubtful that the Sith could ever possibly return, kind of uh, cautious of myth and legend and, and whatnot. I mean, he mm -hmm. literally talks about luminous beings and this imaginary force, but here he is being like, nah, now go do Senate stuff. Um, was that Doing a Senate big stuff. shift for you, or did you really latch on to Yoda at all for the prequels? Much later, yes. Because as we've established on this show before, um, there was a very large swath of time where I did not care. <laughs> and debatable still to this point. Um, joking, for those of you who don't know, I'm on a, I'm on a Star Wars podcast. Mm -hmm. um, you like it, you just don't care. Exactly, I can like <laughs> things and not It's a care. superpower, honestly. Exactly. Um, yeah, I, I think it's very interesting that we got the hindsight of, so that's how we got here. That's why, you know, Luke is treated with such kid gloves in this scenario. Right. Mm. Like, you see how it goes very, very wrong. What it means to stand back and just sort of let things play out. Because how bad could it get? <laughs> yeah. I think we've seen at this point how exactly how bad it can get. So, you know, yeah. hug a kid once in a while. Just <laughs> let them know they're it's okay to have feelings. Right. And that's the thing that, you know, that Yoda, they've been dealing with since the higher Republic, that Yariel Poof, who's also mm -hmm. long-lived. We're not sure if he's as long-lived, but Yariel he's... and Opo Rancisis are both also there Don't with Yoda. Don't mention that name. And... <laughs> <laughs> that counts as an F-bomb. Um, <laughs> but he, they, they were all there debating, even there with the Nile situation, like, yes, we talk about we're, you know, protectors of peace and justice. We're all about peace and justice. But mm -hmm. sometimes you can't have both. And exactly. they debate where they sort of fall on that. And by the time Yoda is, it's also interesting that in the High Republic era, it's a triumvirate of, of grandmasters. Ooh, and then word. by the, thank you. Thank you. And then by the yes, prequel trilogy, he is the only grandmaster and Mace is his obviously right hand master of the order, but Mace doesn't get final say Yoda does. And mm -hmm. he gets sole final say, and it's about peace at all costs and they've mm -hmm. leaned into their worst instincts. And even though Yoda was there during a glorious heyday, it's easy to see how complacency creeps in. And mm -hmm. we're seeing that now. I don't want to spoil anything for Rings of Power, but Rings of Power, first two episodes this week, leans directly into that. Um, into, no, there are no problems. Everything's fine. Everything is fine. <laughs> There's no war in Bossing Say. Exactly. exactly that. <laughs> it's the exact same attitude. <laughs> it is exactly the same. Doesn't look like uh, anything to me. Yeah, uh, nope. All good uh, here. It's literally Han. We're fine. All fine exactly. here. How are, How are you? Oh, America. <laughs> there is no blonde elf. Nope. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if you wanted to jump on Phantom Menace, any of you. Yeah, absolutely. That? Well, and I'm kind of lumping. It's hard to separate because there it, it it's very minor in episode one and two. I know mm -hmm. his, his role. Uh, he's very specifically used in moments. And then obviously for quite the climax in episode two. Um, Hell yeah. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of coupling those together because we don't really get an, another shift, I think, until Clone Wars, Revenge of the Sith with mm -hmm. the character. Um, yeah. The only yeah, thing with two is that two establishes the, the, the lineage of Yoda. Mm -hmm. Is that in, in, in originals, it's like, you know, like you trained me with him and Ben. It's like, but it's ambiguous. Like, did he directly train Ben? Or was it just because he was in charge of all of them? Mm -hmm. Once you get to Phantom Menace, you're like, okay, he's clearly in charge of all of them. When you get to Attack of the Clones, you finally get somebody who was directly his Padawan with Dooku mm -hmm. and yeah. establishes the Yoda lineage of Yoda 
Cantum and the Higher Republic, Dooku way later at the Twilight of the Higher Republic, beginning of the prequel era, Qui-Gon Jinn, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You finally get the full picture of these the mm-hmm. family of, of these guys and, and how <laughs> somewhere in there. Oh, yeah, that's right. Ryle. I have a role. <laughs> uh, <laughs> love that guy. That entire L- love that guy. Um, but, and Yoda finally not just being willing to draw the sword and ILM having the capability to have him draw the sword, you know, the real yes. world implications that he can finally do it. Uh, six-year-old Alden lost his mind in the theater at that. The whole place oh, erupted. Yes. It was probably the first applause moment I'd ever heard in a theater. Uh, of like a rock concert moment of, oh my God. You don't um, see movies with a bunch of white people, do you? <laughs> they clap at the end, just like when the plane lands. Wait, nobody um, no, nobody can hear you. Nobody. No. <laughs> but the, uh, yeah, the whole idea of him not just doing it, but doing it against somebody that, you know, in the, in the interpersonal terms was like a son to him. Mm-hmm. That you know he's known Dooku since Dooku was a child, and in, in the yeah, in the way of this. the Jedi, he raised that man. Yeah, yeah, he raised him, and it's it's you know we've seen in the original trilogies the Dark Father versus the Light Son, and now we're seeing the Light Father versus the Dark Son, mm-hmm. and there's an, mm-hmm. an inverse there. And Dooku, um, not to make it a Dooku thing, but Dooku is is continues a trend of like we had Vader, super iconic. How do we make it different? Okay, the next <laughs> Sith villain is going to be like a dark wizard that's his boss and he doesn't have an armor or anything like that okay but what's the next villain we need to make it different than those two well how about what if satan was a ninja and that's how you get (laughs) darth maul and then it's like okay well how do we make it different than those three a really literally steamed gentlemanly classic old hollywood englishman uh and then okay but who would have taught that guy well the master of all masters and so it creates a really good a really uh, interesting dichotomy there yeah well and yeah I, I love that you know i imagine that was just the phone call of like hey you know how you uh you played that count dracula all those years ago you think you can do it one more time one more time. yeah yeah uh, essentially he, bring, he, he brings all that that regalness and everything and and i do love i love dooku and all that he means for for star wars and, yeah. and what gets added to his character but even yeah just in there the implications that because I, I think it's one of those things where Obi-Wan clearly doesn't seem perfect. So finding out that he um, trained Darth Vader, uh, even before knowing who that was, but that he had trained a Jedi that fell to the dark side. It's like, okay, you, you're kind of a battered old man. I can, I can see you had a history. Yeah. Yoda, especially in the original trilogy, comes off as such a, uh, an epitome of Jedi-hood, mm-hmm. such a perfect boy. How could this great, wise grandmaster who has an answer for everything possibly go wrong. And so introducing, Your oh no, his, his Padawan <laughs> fell, uh, which, I mean, there's debate on how much blame maybe could go on Yoda, but it, it's still interesting nonetheless that it doesn't help getting trained by Yoda, Obi-Wan, uh, you know, mm-hmm. Qui-Gon. I, I, I don't think any one Jedi has such uh, perfection or, or has it no. so right. Because that's the thing is that some people say, well, and I agree with this sentiment, the idea of, well, if it had been Qui-Gon, things would have been different. Yes, but then you change the conversation. Because what mm-hmm. we're talking about is the Jedi Order of the time. If Qui-Gon had lived and stayed with that boy, he would have walked into Yoda's office one day and said, we're leaving. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm done. Right. Boy. And and we're going to go independent. 
which saves Anakin, but dooms the Republic and the Jedi, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah, unless unless it would have been like the you know Clone Wars still break out, and then it's like maybe Qui Gon and Anakin will help out of the goodness of their hearts. But they mm-hmm. needed to get away from the institutional rot. Mm-hmm. Um, rot is a word that we will hear later on in a in a, in a male segment. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's it's an interesting thing to think about. Also, the burden of leadership. I mean, it's not easy to lead anything. It's not easy to yeah. lead a group chat, let alone an order of. You're telling uh, me, man. I mean, <laughs> we have a you know, a server. Friend just like shares a photo that you're not expecting, and you're just like stunned for a minute. I apologize for the you... pregnant battle droid. Okay. It was just out of nowhere, Alden. It's the <laughs> I thing. Like, we weren't even talking about battle drugs. But was there ever a possible intro that that would invite that in, though? No. Sometimes you just need to shock the people. Exactly. Out of apathy. Doug, you looked like you wanted to say something a second ago. Well, I mean, it's just it's interesting. Really? It's interesting <laughs> that, that we talk about this whole from a leadership standpoint because it takes a lot of... I don't know. It takes a lot of patience, takes a lot of courage to allow somebody who you're leading to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And that takes, that takes a lot. I mean, can you imagine what he's going through? Probably enough to drive you into a swamp, I guess, mm-hmm. to watch everything you build get destroyed mm-hmm. and, and to allow them to make those choices. Because I mean, at some point you have to cut people loose and let them make their own choices and make yeah. them make them make their own journey. And ultimately, regardless of who you're trained by, you're ultimately responsible for your own decisions. Yes. And your ultimate and and a lot of it you know you know we see a lot uh, a lot of it coming from Anakin it's baggage. He just mm. has difficulty getting rid of baggage. Uh Luke the the baggage is there but I mean it's it just comes out in different ways. We don't know what kind of baggage Yoda had. I mean we're starting to get the story more and more revealed as as more content's being provided, but we don't know what kind of baggage he brought in in the first 800 years or so. That he got to this point to, to, to begin with, so we don't know, you know, where where this led him, and it becomes ultimately responsible for who. I mean, we, we become responsible for our own actions, and we have to let people make those choices for themselves, and it and it just can't yeah. be easy. Mm-hmm. I mean, because he could have stopped it earlier. I mean, right. I mean, bottom line, he could have stopped Dooku earlier, but yet he didn't. Why? Yeah. I mean, and that's a difficult thing to wrap your head around. Yeah, when you talk about choices, though, like you would have been taking his choices away if he'd done yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. It's, pre- it's preventative justice. I mean, it's like Minority Report. It's yeah. like I can see you going down the dark path, um, which is something that uh, Luke Skywalker will face when he has his own temple and, and his nephew. Is yeah. like I can enact preventative justice right now, but that is taking his choices away. And Yoda yeah. could have done that um, at any point, and we see where it leads. Not to skip the Clone Wars and go to revenge, but. When people talk about Revenge of the Sith and like Yoda versus Palpatine and kind of comes to a draw and Palpatine's hanging from one of the pods cackling <laughs> and Yoda, Yoda fell, Yoda's robe flew off. He hits the ground. You hear it a lot. Why doesn't Yoda get back out? Why doesn't he do some Yoda jumps and stab that effer in the back? And it's like, you could have, but at that point it's like, this is going to be endless bloodshed. Then what mm-hmm. happens? A bunch of clones come in to avenge Palpatine. I got to exactly. kill a bunch of them. I got to keep killing. I got to kill my way out. Eventually, you have to make the other choice. And also, Yoda, yes, he's a master. He goes in, you know, and your your reign, you know, what, what's the line? Like, not so, not soon enough. And ends. Not, or, yeah. yeah, whatever. It's, it's hard with the Yoda speak. But, you know, uh, 
he that, he's yeah. not going in a hundred percent. He is going in as one of the greatest swordsmen, one of the greatest uh, force wielders, one of the greatest masters. But he just felt in his soul the deaths mm -hmm. of not just other Jedi. The Jedi were ten thousand strong in the prequels. He felt about nine thousand nine hundred and ninety deaths of his own kids. So yeah. far, they were his charges. Those were his. Mm -hmm. They were his responsibility. They were exactly. babies. He saw them as babies. You know, Yoda. Obi Wan talks about knowing. Uh, what book is it in? I think it's in. Is it in Brotherhood? Some one of the books. He talks about having known Terra Sanube since mm -hmm. he was a kid, or you know, having you see in the Obi Wan comic that's out right now. Obi Wan's like four or five uh, in one of the flashbacks, and Yoda's there, like, and Yoda punishes him, and he's like, "All right, you got to sweep." You got to sweep the front of the temple now. And Obi-Wan's like, oh, okay. Like, yeah. those are his kids. Ah, there it there is. There you go. Eli yeah. coming in clutch with yeah. the, uh, the proper Thank God for you, Eli. I mean, for Pete's <laughs> sake, it, I forget what the arc is called in the Clone Wars, but uh, Yoda's bad trip with all the sages and the whatnots. <laughs> oh, that's the <laughs> best. Yeah, I think it's just the Yoda. I think it's just, yeah, the Yoda. Yeah, the I think some people call it Yoda's yeah. walkabout occasionally, but. That's still cultural yeah. appropriating. Yoda's peyote trip. <laughs> exactly. Yoda. Peyote lizard. Lasts. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Boba. But literally what tempted him was seeing his family together. Like yeah. that was. Light side what Dooku. And... Yeah, yeah. And like that's the best thing thought. about. Sorry, go ahead. I oh, no. Like that was the end of the thought. It was oh, yeah. Like, nothing yeah. had ever happened. And then at the end of that, when he doesn't, I mean, he fights the dark yoda doppelganger uh he fights sidious in that he sees the vision of everyone okay he sees the vision of them not okay dead mm -hmm. younglings and stuff dead i think ah ahsoka is dying in one of yeah. his visions and he sees her and despite all that he can't break and even palpatine at the end of that is like we fail to break Master yoda. like it just you can't <laughs> his he has indomitable spirit Mm -hmm. um even in a spirit so indomitable that it it goes on past death which mm -hmm. is you know a, a thing reserved for the light and he's the second one to have cracked it and it's because even though he made mistakes in leadership mistakes that will be detailed in a forthcoming letter he <laughs> he is still still has the capacity to listen even to the outcasts and mavericks of their order he still mm -hmm. loved qui-gon that was one of his babies and and but and when qui-gon reaches out and is like i discovered this reaching out from beyond death yoda it's like it lights back up in him like yes we just failed however i still have training for you obi-wan mm -hmm. like the learning does not stop yeah well and that's the thing is it's like it's not indomitable because it doesn't feel although sometimes it does feel cold um mm -hmm. you know but he goes through the ups and downs. He does uh, mourn and, and I would even say have moments uh, of deep depression. I, I think one mm -hmm. of the uh, best lines in Rebels, because Yoda really doesn't show up much. I think I showed the one scene really that he uh, kind of pops in for, for a hey. Um, but before that, not even involving Yoda, but just his legacy, you know, Ahsoka talks about him and it's just like, I remember him being happier when I was younger. And mm. then as the war went on, he changed. Oh, so beautiful. And, you know, there's, uh, that's not necessarily word for Oh, and word. then the little wave when she turns back and, yeah. and sees yeah. him in the it's Lothal so temple. Good. Yep. And well, then the and way that that ties into Clomore season seven, when she's already quit, but she's in that meeting and 
Yoda says like more to say, have you Padawan? Like he still calls her. Padawan. Right. Well, and that was, that was a big thing for me because obviously we love to remember, uh, you know, it's a Lord of the Rings callback, but you know, I am no Jedi. We, we love that line for her. Yes. Queen. But at the same time, yeah, you are. More That's uh, not what that means. That. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And people and that, took that way too literally. It has as, nothing to do with like Star Wars fans do. Yeah, it's not like abandoning them, Jedi bad. Like I vigorously enjoy and and thrive upon dunking on people that think the Jedi were bad and that they were the problem. It, the the whole point is that something good can lose its way. It's still yes. something good. Exactly. Uh, and when she says, "I am no Jedi," she's she's embodying their ideals more than they are. At yeah. least during her time she came up in the worst possible period saying i am no jedi is saying i'm without dogma it's like saying like you know i i abandoned whatever religious group you want to put into the metaphor whatever the rules of it you know when somebody bends something to their will like what's the term is it prosperity gospel the money the money people yeah, yeah. like like those people you, you if you abandon them it doesn't mean you abandon the thing it means you abandon them uh, right, exactly. So it's it's a it's a very nuanced quote that Dave was tapping into, and Dave writes beautiful Yoda material, uh, and then of course everybody was like, "LOL, Jedi bad." I'm so excited for you know non Jedi stories, and it's like, but it's all parable. You yeah. can't get away from it. Well, and that's the thing is like, um, you know, I went through very recently a little bit more of that journey with uh, Obi Wan Kenobi because I definitely grew up. Well, like, all right, you know, here's the poster boy. Do no wrong. You're not interesting to me because of that. Um, and and getting past Obi-Wan the Jedi and getting into old Ben. Like, I always like to characterize it now as I don't like Obi-Wan Kenobi. I love Ben Kenobi hmm. uh, because he, that that signifies when he is more of a character to me. And I don't mean specifically, uh, you know, the show and episode four, five and six. I just mean no. the moments where he's not just the Jedi but he's him. He's who he is, and he's the best of what he believes in while also being himself. And, and even Yoda goes through that where he's the best parts of the Jedi at his best, mm -hmm. uh, even when he does represent um, at times uh, some of what would be the worst of the Jedi. Like, yes, mm -hmm. the Jedi failed. It doesn't mean that uh, the institution and what it is, although we crack jokes, it doesn't mean it's inherently bad because it failed. No, um, yeah. I, I think that's a very um, I can understand that point of view, but I think it's a it's it's a uh, a very feelings forward point of view. No, um, I think it's really easy to forget that they were fighting a war during that entire time. Like they let yeah. Eli, Eli. <laughs> clutch even named the episode between ideal versus organization. I mean, yeah. once again, the ideal uh, the, the Jedi ideal was was bigger than the Jedi organization. Mm -hmm. I mean, we got to remember the Jedi organization is filled with people, and the ideal was, was once again was something that was that was an embodiment of of, of a life. It was of a service, and sometimes I mean people mess up. Sometimes people have issues, but mm -hmm. it doesn't change the fact that the ideal is not worth fighting for. And I think for me, even even throughout, I mean, going back to the whole Yoda thing, he never really got away from that ideal. Mm -hmm. Even though, you know, he might have been in hiding and all that kind of stuff like that. He never got away from the ideal. He never lost his, his, his true faith, for lack of a better word. He, 
I mean, in fact, he goes in, he goes in the situation where he's waiting for the next generation. It's almost like he's he's living on to be able to pass on the knowledge. Yeah, he's, quite literally. He, he, yeah, he's staying around so he can give the next generation a, a chance to go. I, I, mean, I am one of I'm one of those. I literally I, I, I do choose to believe he was waiting to die until Luke yes. came back. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the importance of that scene and in, 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 in the sixth movie right there at the beginning. Not too far into in, into the narrative, we have Yoda's passing. This mm-hmm. was the torch. He lived long enough to pass on his knowledge, yeah. and then it's time for him to go. Who knows how early he was supposed to go? Right, and mythically, that's like I mean, it's it's there with Gandalf, and like yeah, he comes back. It's a little more complicated, but it's there with Obi Wan. <laughs> Han Solo fulfills that role, yeah, in the Force Awakens, and and Yoda fulfills that role in. In a prolonged sense, it, it's it's on my mind, and I don't. I'm not trying to conflate a serious conversation with a conversation about fantasy, but it does tie into Star Wars. You... Recently, John Boyega gave an interview, um, which he's been doing a lot of because he's promoting a movie, um, and a lot of people are butchering his interview into clickbait, and those people should be ashamed of themselves. But what he talks about in it with uh, the way that he his experience was with the way that like Moses Ingram's experience was and how the corporate entity of Disney Lucasfilm didn't take a stand for him, but they took a stand for her and how, even though that could have made him feel bitter, it made him feel good. And he compared it to the Moses allegory of like, sometimes you are not going to be the one that gets to enter. You mm-hmm. get to be the one that leads and goes down. So other people can enter and you, exactly. and sometimes you're going to be the first person through the wall. And yeah, Yoda, you know, it was a 900 year wall, but he was able to, <laughs> Uh, set things up and propel them forward. That way, eventually, it trickles all the way down well, to that, Ray. And exactly. that journey still matters. Like it's yeah. learning to recognize that what your journey is and, and making the most of it. I think. Um, yeah. And and that's like you said, the choice of of going against bitterness um, that he talks about is is really the key. It's your choice. Either you can choose. Um, to be uh, a bitter old hermit that your thing failed, the thing you were in charge of for so long, um, the thing that you poured your whole life into, and you could just walk away and throw it all away and consider it lost. Yeah. Or you can see that that's, that's a leading point in your journey. That's another exactly. part. And he has to open up too. It's, it's not like it wasn't an easy choice. It wasn't a choice no. made in one day. It takes a while uh, from a certain point of view, new hope. Um, or is it from a certain? No, yeah, it is from a certain point of view, new hope right at the end. Yep. I think where like Yoda or, or Ben communicates to Yoda and says like, I'm going to send you the kid. <laughs> he's like, and he's, like, girl? <laughs> he's like, Oh hell yeah. Like I've been waiting to train her. And then he's like, no, no, no. The other one. He's like, all he said before about, about the, you know, when he manifests that force power with the lightning and stuff, it yeah. just had to happen at that moment. I mean, yeah. he sees this path, this ideal that we're starting to waver from now, Luke's starting to make these shrines and, all this stuff has to be certain places. And so he shows up again to say, you know what? Here's course correction. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. it was an ultimate. It was almost like Yoda's whole job was course correction from there on in. Yeah. He's and the best to- part is that he burns it. On the path. He burns exactly. it full well knowing that Ray took the books out of the tree. Exactly. They never say but that. Luke but- needed to learn a lesson. But- exactly. But back to your point, Doug, about him being like a father figure to, to Luke. By making yeah. such a bold and loud statement, there's no because that's what luke really needed he he's gone back and forth on burning the books down and committing suicide like it's hinted at we but that that's what was going on back and forth with luke on Mm -hmm. the island guys and so 
Yoda is that definitive, clear voice of, hey, that can not be right. That institution can be a little corroded and yucky. Uh, and you and Ray and anyone else after can make the right choices based on the heart of the institution, mm -hmm. not it. It's like it, it's, it's time it, for the world it, as and, you know it to end. And yeah. look at the comparison. I mean, Luke's hanging on to holding on to the last Jedi thing so he can he can he can pass it on and look how well he's doing mm -hmm. I mean Luke's basically falling apart at this point and basically doesn't know if he wants to continue living Yoda's just going you know what I'm going to hang out here until the next person shows up and I really don't care who it is I'm going to train him Luke at this point has got is so demoralized that he doesn't know which way to go so once again mm -hmm. it becomes that that paragon of understanding that Yoda was Yoda went through something that nobody else in this whole series ever does very well to the point where it's, you know what I'm going to wait I'm going to be here I'm not going to give up who I am I'm not yeah. going to let it change who I am yeah. and I'm still going to be here for the next generation nobody else does that really well in this story and he and has to he has to make calculated why. calls he has yeah. to make really hard calls because mm -hmm. theoretically speaking what we know canonically is that he had ongoing interactions with Ben uh, and you know the ghost of Qui-Gon he was able to, if he wanted to, reach the children because Bale and Brea were in on the plan, and so were uh, Owen and Baru, and obviously Obi Wan. So, and and he was able to reach out to Ezra and Ahsoka to a certain degree. And like theoretically, if he wanted to, he could have assembled like the Avengers of survivors if he <laughs> wanted to. But he knew that it would be risking everyone's journey to try to force it, which is something. It's exactly. one of my favorite parts, actually, of Fallen Order, a story that Yoda's not in. But at the end, Cal has this colocron of information of like, okay, we could build something. And then he throws it and he destroys it. And it's yeah. like, it's not, a, it's not our call. Yoda emphasizes what is not your choice to make. Again, he could have taken the choices away from a lot of people. He could have shown up. Right. He, could, he did not have to do the whole, um, you know, the kids should be split up and raised by family. It's like, that was, that was a kindness. He could have taken <laughs> those babies and been like, we start training tomorrow now. Like, and, and, and he yeah. didn't. Here's your baby saver. Let's do yeah. this. Yeah. Like put, take that pacifier out and start reciting some text. All right. Like, and, and he didn't because it, it, it takes a leap of faith that you see a lot in just his, this general intuitiveness, like in Clone Wars, the way that he, imparts into the clones and Plo Koon does this too. And that, that great moment of like, we're expendable, not to me. Like, mm -hmm. but Yoda has that whole, like take off your helmets, you know, in season one, uh, you know, yeah. In, in, yeah. Season one, literally in, episode chron one. chronologically. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. So it, it's like your really people, underrated episode. you are all, Oh, it's so underrated. And not only is it great for action, but like just thematically that it's, sells it's you on clones. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and how they are people and, you know, and, We've seen this in Legends. Remember, I grew up with them not being people. We thought they were <laughs> yeah. robots. Yeah, right. I mean, seriously, we never saw one until like you know we're we're a couple of years in this whole story. Yeah, but from, from the beginning, you still saw a respect for that whole idea of, of between Yoda and the clones. There was always always that kind of that understanding. Once again, what what I was saying about them being people, it was that inherent ability Yoda had to be able to see the good in anybody he came across. I mean, you know, I, I'm willing to work with whoever you gave me. Imagine every youngling showing up and there's Yoda working through that with him right. and still having to deal not only with the younglings, but still dealing with the masters. You still can't figure out what they're doing. And then once again, this guy never got his due. How many times did he actually refer to as General Yoda? True. Yeah. 
I mean, not really. you, you get you get General Windu, you get General Kenobi, you get General all kinds of nonsense. How many General Yoda references do you get? I mean, that's because he's General Last Name Redacted. I said to yeah, Boop and I mean, Pets before the show, Last never, Name Redacted. Never and they gave that. him the last name. You said, no. yeah, you never gave that, you never <laughs> gave that statement. That I mean, although he is obviously in charge, you know, right. I mean, again, the Clone Wars. But I'm thinking even in the movies and the prequels, he's obviously in charge of the whole landing when they when they are in Geonosis. But you no. never hear this him yeah. referred to as General Yoda. It was always understood that this guy was in charge mm-hmm. and that he could be trusted. And that became kind of like that's why for me, he always he's always been that character that's kind of held everything together. Mm-hmm. He's just been the one everybody could trust. And that's why Palpatine is terrified of him. Like yeah. Palpatine is terrified of Jedi in general. You could see that in Snoke's interactions. You could see that in Rise of Skywalker. Like the the Sith are, and I've I've talked about this on Twitter. I don't want to get too much into it because I don't want to make it like a super political show. But the the whole idea of fascism and hate and darkness all thrive off of a contradictory sort of back and forth of we will say we're not afraid of those snowflakes. They're weak and they're stupid and we're strong and we're the best. But then the second that they do something even as innocuous as like a drag queen show, uh-huh. then all of a sudden, ah, they're so scary. Like, <laughs> ah, they're so they're gonna destroy society. And like that's that's Palpatine and Yoda. Like Palpatine mm-hmm. is like the Jedi are weak, the Jedi are stupid, the Jedi are foolish. But then the second that Yoda steps up into his office, he's like, Oh god, oh. like like Master Yoda, you survived. <laughs> like he's like Yoda, Yoda literally Damn. showed that man's knickers in, in episode <laughs> he, <three>. he <laughs> yeeted him over his own <laughs> office chair. Bro gets disrespected on his first day as emperor. <laughs> it's like, yeah, and oh, and those two guards too, you know, oh, just boom, 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 like just take them out. Um, yeah, I mean, he's just a. Uh, I mean, we Man can, talk can make an entrance, her, but mm-hmm. makes an entrance, and he, you know, he's just got such a powerful sort of. There's things that changed about him in the war, but things that never changed. Um, and he's just, yeah, he's a fascinating guy, and. Um, um, I think his last name is actually Yoda, like Mario and Luigi in the 90s movie. Mario like Mario. it's Mario Mario and Luigi Mario. He's just Yoda Yoda. Eli had a great example. Uh, his last name is Lehihu. <laughs> I hate you so much, Eli. You gotta say, you, you, you gotta say it to get it. He's grounded. It. Uh, well, yeah. to kind of bring that the, that thought, I'd had it up there for a minute though, but from friend of the show, mm. patron, Brendan Marr here. I, I, I Yeah, the, the religion, the institution, the thing can have problems but it doesn't mean that the core message is wrong necessarily. Like, I think that's the big thing to, to remember because here's what I don't enjoy as a Star Wars fan. And, and again, I yeah, I joke that Star Wars. The, the Jedi are imperfect because they are. And I think Star Wars Fans. has fun with that itself um, a few times. Uh, but what I don't enjoy doing as a Star Wars fan is like too seriously analyzing it. Like, I yes. We could get into all the failings uh, of the Jedi Order and and uh, label them as, you know, uh, religious zealots that should have never been trusted with the responsibility they were given, that they were, uh, you know, stealing away and brainwashing children like cultists. Like, we could go into all those things, and there's probably plenty of evidence for it, but then I don't enjoy the Jedi, Mm -hmm. and I kind of want to because they're pretty dope. Well, and John, I'm going to take the opportunity to interrupt you here. We got to remember where this story started. I mean, we're talking back in the late 70s, early 80s. The world needed black and white. The world mm-hmm. needed good and evil. Mm-hmm. At this point in the world, they're, they're, it's really murky. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're coming out of a lot of cultural and political situations 
where there is it's murky whether we should be doing things and the whole subject of war yeah. was a whole concept that just got really confusing so early on these jedis had to be black and white so that's why you see this guy is i mean literally darth vader's wearing black luke's wearing white i mean mm -hmm. it's this whole thing that you know these characters are very are very two-dimensional in these first couple of movies and then you start seeing wait a second okay well you start getting the backstory and you start getting the content between realizing wait a second they made mistakes as well, but we needed at that time, we needed mm -hmm. a good guy that we could root for. And we yeah. needed a bad guy that was always going to be bad. It I reflects mean, honestly, the era that it's in. Yeah. By the, by the time we get, by the time we get to, to, to the sixth movie there, I mean, I felt, felt bad for what Darth Vader had to go through. I mean, <laughs> right. how many options did he have? I mean, honestly, you get your legs chopped off and your arms chopped off and you're laying on a lava land. I mean, are, are you going to talk to the guy that's going to help put you back together? Or are you going to sit there and die? There's not too many jobs for space paraplegics. Yeah, like seriously, I mean, so you're going to go to the guy who can promise you all these things because everything else has been taken away from you. So he almost becomes this really dark figure. But even the movie, you see just a very two dimensional. This is the bad guy. I mean, I remember we Darth Vader was the bad guy when I was a kid growing up. You heard his voice. That's why it was this whole thing. I mean, it was it was this moment. But Yoda was. Was you know okay? Wait a second. So you could be good, but you don't have to be this really tough guy. And you mm -hmm. you you could, you could have a little bit of wisdom, but you don't necessarily have to be the toughest person in the room. And so he once again he started he started to humanize. And for me, the whole jet the whole concept of Jedi Yoda ironically humanized Jedi for me mm -hmm. because he, he started. He's one of the few Jedi in the first three movies to show any range whatsoever. Yeah, because if you take New Hope on its own explanation of them all we know is that they existed they were in order and they fought in the clone wars Bingo. and they sound mythic and super heroic yeah. as hell and and to tie it in with what <laughs> you said john like, exactly, exactly. And, and and you know john you were saying like that people say like should they have ever been trusted and should they have this well that comes back to the classic like spider-man parable with great power it's like should they have been trusted well if they but if they if there's a bunch of people that could tap into this and they do nothing then then what you know, right. that, that you, you're there's a responsibility on you inherently, yeah. um, the, which is maybe Hitler argument. Yeah, <laughs> let's go with that. Uh, uh, cut, cut to uh, yeah. to Rhodey. <laughs> First of all, that's horrible. That was an inside thought that came out. <laughs> no, no, I mean, but I see, I see what you mean of just like you, you, you imagine what you would do with all this, this power and what should have been done mm -hmm. uh by people that should have known um but it it's not always it's not always that easy and like i'm okay with gray but i think you sh I always land because at, at the end of the day these are fake and in space stories it is a space opera uh i want to enjoy it and have fun and so like yeah we can be critical and characters can be flawed and and all of that stuff and we can still land back on the you know like i like the phrase that you used alden like that yoda is an indomitable hope you know right. like yes there is all these ups and downs of the order and he's indicative of some of those but right. nonetheless he he did land the plane right and and it's hard yeah. to it's a hard lesson for children to swallow you know this is still the story for 12 year olds that george wanted to tell about making choices and it's it's healthy for people to see you know, to, to tie in uh, another space franchise with like what Jean-Luc Picard says, like it's possible to make all the right moves and still lose. Yeah. That's not weakness, it's life. And that's really important to see Yoda 
Like we won every battle. We definitively, when you know, when their history books are written, we won the Clone Wars. We defeated evil. We defeated Grievous. It all went down, and like we had a like half a day of like feeling good before uh, it all came to a head. But the, he didn't do anything wrong. It's what he didn't do to widen his perspective. And you know, Doug, you're, you were talking about what we needed in like coming out of the sixties and seventies when we had more moral ambiguity inside of storytelling. That's when you get things like your Mad Maxes, things like your Dirty Harrys and stuff like that. And, Waterworld. And of course, it's the okay. cinematic classic. Well, it's the nineties, but okay, <laughs> I don't know where you were, but we okay. all led. It all led to Waterworld. it's all a scheme to make everything it's come like, back to Waterworld. Not yeah. part of an episode about Waterworld. I'm sorry. Yeah. Nerd Herder Herder is now it's got to Waterworld propaganda. Yeah, this podcast is, but it, but it all sort of like it needed that. Then you get into the late nineties and up until the mid two thousands, and it's. I mean, you know, whether people like it or not, Darth Vader pre burn is quoting Bush. Yeah. Uh, and and that's that's what's happening. I mean, it's a direct parallel. And then you move it into the, the sequel era and it's the children of the previous fascists that are enabled, that are whinier, that are more aggressive, that are less interested in a peaceful, peaceful and into tricking people into a peaceful transition. The prequel era empire rises um, by choice. Bad choices, manipulated choices, but they voted for that. They gave him emergency powers. They cheered, as Padme pointed out, and applauded. Um, the First Order has no interest in that. They just blow the stuff up. Context. And they're laughing. They're nasty. There with Caesar. I mean, the, yeah. you get the whole Caesar reference. I mean, they they awarded the, the Caesar thing. And the whole thing, you notice that Yoda never is ever in these conversations where he's ever the person everyone wants to nominate to be in charge. He's there by right of his ability. He's right by right of, of his mm -hmm. experience. He's there by right of, of what he can do. But it's never about public opinion. He mm -hmm. really could care less about what other think, people think about him. I mean, mm -hmm. you never get any, we don't get a lot in the story where Yoda's really concerned about what people think about him. He doesn't you know? really. Yeah, he's not, he's, he's not integrated. Really yeah, he's not integrated into the world. Like Dooku Jedi Lost makes a big deal of the, because it was a big deal. Mm -hmm. that dooku went and spoke in the senate and that was like what are you doing giving a political speech like that's ridiculous and and, and that was something that sort of rattled the jedi christians a endorsing politicians like, Hold uh, yeah i know like what? <laughs> crazy dogs and cats living together um and it, and it was this moment of, of of change and yoda never really did that yoda doesn't he doesn't have a dex's diner that he goes to he doesn't visit the senate unless he has to he's he's fully utterly an embodiment of the ideal and of the lifestyle uh we don't even get to like we see anakin's yeah. bedroom we see stuff that anakin and obi-wan and ahsoka enjoy yoda does not have that yoda is yoda is the the apotheosis of of jedihood and it's no. but it doesn't mean that he didn't no make mistakes yep. yeah 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 that's why jedis can't email pictures <laughs> so uh all that to say i i think that um although and and um, mostly because the prequels are the prequels and clone wars are what are kind of most evidenced in people's arguments against yoda as a character and and that's like what i don't want and what we don't endorse necessarily is 
hey, Yoda was imperfect and failed, and, like, that being the end of the conversation, and, hmm. like, just shouting that very loudly at parties whenever anybody says, like, their favorite Yoda's, or favorite character is Yoda. Like, don't be that guy. Don't be Jerry. <laughs> like, uh, you know, in, let people enjoy Yoda, and, and maybe try enjoy enjoying Yoda for yourself, because there is a lot to enjoy, even if you do think mm-hmm. he failed, and, and whatnot. And so, I hope that this little segment uh, and corner of the Nerd Herder episode has been therapy for one person in particular. Oh boy, friend of the show, we got a letter uh, Jared. In the mail. Jared Dark Jetter. We got a letter. We got a letter. Yes, that's not the song. <laughs> I I didn't watch it. Um, so you didn't, and that's a travesty. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't have. Yeah, I Star Wars was my childhood. Steve didn't raise uh, me. And Arnold Schwarzenegger. But anyway, so Jared has some grievances he wanted to air out. Arnold Schwarzenegger um, was my boo. He he was apparently. Uh, he would have been a good guest, but I'll, at the same time, I don't think I would have been able to control him. But he shared some of his thoughts uh, from the other side, um, from the other side of the Yoda is awesome um, uh, corner. So, uh, Yorder, y- Yorder, Yorder, <laughs> Yorder, uh, Jared says that Yoda is a cornerstone of Star Wars. He deserves every ounce of legend status he has in lore and fandom, as well as status as an iconic character in the annals of. <laughs> film history <laughs> he's wise he is kind and he is uh, a consummate mentor and he's also uh, a problem <laughs> um he says that his arrogance um Emilius is at the very least responsible for the fall of the jedi order he embodies an institutional rot only capable when someone so drowned in nostalgia and navel gazing is in charge and is held up the, uh, to the golden example uh, I do not think we as fans take the time to look at the amount of Jedi who descend from Yoda's direct teachings who went crazy. Fast forward a little bit. Like uh, like our own real-world leaders, Yoda reached an end-of-history mentality and allowed the Jedi to get fat, happy, cold, detached, and far from the galaxy uh, and their original mission. I love Yoda as a concept, but Criff Yoda. Um, now, I want everyone to know, that's <laughs> an abridged... That is an abridged yeah. version. He sent that to me today, but I've heard like a three-minute audio version of that. Uh, that name drops certain politicians whose yeah. names rhyme with Schmancy Shalosi uh, and and other people, and and it's it's a it's a well-reasoned. I mean, we we, we joke like we're bringing it up to, to dunk to dunk on Jerry. We're not, but it's like no, it's it's a well-reasoned thing point. to say that. Over, over, <laughs> over. One joke. <laughs> one joke. But it's, it, but it's a good one. Has. The the nostalgia factor, the idea of of him not being able to tap into what they needed now. The fact that I mean, you can go to that scene in Phantom Menace when he brings Anakin before the Council, and he's like, "The virgins in the Force," and they're like, "Oh, oh, oh virgins." Oh, a virgins <laughs> like okay like and he do proposes sure, like i want to take him as my padawan learner and they're like well you already have one and it's like that was an opportunity mm-hmm. and it's not that everyone should, you know it's not that as a leader you should just go with what everyone says of course not but that was an opportunity for yoda to come down from the seat of ceremony and to really have a conversation with qui-gon about what they sort of faced at that moment and what they could learn you know he doesn't um he doesn't foster the individualities that we see <laughs> in the uh in the higher public like the higher public era there are jedi architects there's a jedi chef there are jedi x y and z there was a jedi way seeker who first of all there was a way seeker program in general but th- there was a jedi way seeker who went and became a pop star 
Uh, and none of that could have happened under prequel era Yoda's watch no. because he had become no. too entrenched in the dogma. And it was it's that idea of, well, this is just the way it's always been done. And we've all had a boss that's told us that at one point. And that's never a good reason to not try something ever. No, no. Well, and yeah. And so, no, it's it's absolutely not a dunk on on Jared. He sent that himself. And um, and, and here's he the thing. I don't think we've necessarily disagreed with the content of his argument. Uh, no. Yoda and the Jedi did fail. They're not perfect. I, I think our our the the big thing to steer out of that conversation and and Jared kind of gets there. He does like Yoda. It's just um, you know the frustration with idolizing uh, an imperfect character. But here's the thing: it, it uh, so many characters are imperfect, and any of that are perfect or boring um and, and and so i think if i i i just caution um listeners and fans of being so hypercritical of our fake space opera um that it's not fun uh, i don't yes. in any way worry that that's what jared's doing because jared no uh, jared is a fun guy <laughs> and and yeah and actually cool at parties but um yeah you yeah, can chop them like, up and put them on a pizza here here's the thing Shut like up. I mentioned before, like I was that guy with Obi-Wan and it was it. it nobody cared. Right. Anytime anybody was just like, I love Obi-Wan Kenobi. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, no. you know he, how he here's the ways he contributed to the death of the Jedi Order and the failures of Anakin Skywalker. OK, nobody cares and nobody has a good time with that. All right. And no. at the end of the day, learning to focus on the things we enjoy about the, those characters and finding even if it's a few things to enjoy. I think just gives us a better fan experience and makes the whole experience uh, mm -hmm. a lot better. Star Wars can be imperfect and be great. Yoda can be imperfect as a character uh, and be responsible for war crimes, maybe. Uh, he who he do war crimes, and, yes. And yet still be someone's favorite and be perfectly lovable. And, and you know, he's definitely that for me. I don't, I, I don't hold back on, I think, yeah, he, he contributed to the problem. But I also think that that at fight scene in episode two is pretty dang dope. Exactly. My mind's not changed on that. So, but uh, anyway, Jared was kind enough to send us a letter. And so we had to include it. I like how you <laughs> imply that we asked for that. <laughs> <laughs> but we were subjected to Jared. Well, here's, That's pretty usual. Well, we won't, we won't, just because you give us your thoughts don't, doesn't mean they make the episode, but uh, they will you be can considered. Give your thoughts. That's uh, better than on Octo Radio, where pretty much no one's thoughts ever make the episode except mine <laughs> and the guest. I don't do a letter segment. I rarely I do questions once in a while. I have a thoughts about Octo Radio. But... Right. You do more ask me anything on Twitter than in, than anything. It's true. It's I do. And no one has the gall to ever ask me anything like really saucy. Well, I was like, what, um, what's your favorite lightsaber? <laughs> right. Well, and that's that's one of the big things is nobody gets out of the vanilla stuff with that. I um, take that as a challenge. Uh, well, yes. Hence Please. the Oko Rancis question. Um, anyway. I just, I'm curious is all I'm saying. I'm just I, I normally foster curiosity, but not Very in that sneaky. instance. Um, well, uh, we've talked about a said. lot and covered a lot, but um, I would be remiss to deny you, Boop, um, your podium for oh, dear uh, God. your favorite Yoda content. And, and I agree. Um, second favorite Star Wars uh, movie overall and whatnot. So yes. while it 
it's not going to be as huge of a bit as I would like for the, the podcast and everything, but still to get in. Um, why, why is the last Jedi insane? Cause it's almost for you. It's funny. Cause it's almost like, uh, you love old wise hermit Yoda prequel Yoda's I don't there go on prequel Yoda. and, and then dead Yoda is, uh, back at the, the, the secret sauce. Why, why is yes. that for you? Because he is the exact opposite of Darth Maul. <laughs> in a certain way no middies think about it no <laughs> middies not a single midi to be had yiddies <laughs> no hey yiddies no once on a comic doug I is think. confused and he should As, be <laughs> just bleach your mind don't even think about it too hard but yeah like maul is a character that is built on spite and mm. you know holding on to a grudge so hard <laughs> that it literally same. kills you oh uh, same yeah and in that, he is a lesson on why you don't live in spite. Yoda is a lesson on, hey, maybe it's okay to mess up. This is why, you know, you you learn from your past. You need to embrace the things that you've done so that you don't repeat them. Because that boy has seen a lot. Yeah. And that entire monologue to loot of, like, you need to stop looking at the past and holding it up to a pedestal. You don't need to be the legend, Luke Skywalker, as they know it. It's time for you to make a new legend, something that is a more true legend to what you know the reality is. Hmm. And that is, that is the entire point of that scene of, hey, you need to start looking past a pile of old books. Hmm. Yeah. Which I being have a Jedi is so much more. A lot of thoughts on. Yeah, I mean, and that's the. I mean, if you came away from that film and you thought kill the past was the point, you missed the point. Exactly. The point is not kill the past. The point is synthesize it. The point exactly. is build upon it. The point it's, yeah, it's always it's a part of you, no matter what. And that and to to act like it's not is also mm-hmm. ignorance it's ignorance to think that you have it all figured out but it's also ignorance to think that you have nothing to learn from exactly before well and and, that... oh go ahead i one of my favorite arcs the clone wars is uh the ahsoka almost getting put in prison arc i forget what it's called specifically but hmm. it's one of the chief examples that i can point out and be like the jedi were willing to make all of that go away they were willing to make it as if it never happened and that was the problem. Acting as if it had never happened was going to, you know, yep. destroy them in the first place. So yeah. there was going to be no change from that ever. So the point of that scene between Luke and Yoda is it did happen. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. Well, and that, and that was what I was going to say. Like, that's, you know, that bit in the whole interaction. Um, you know, I remember, like, the the zeal we felt like you know as luke's walking up to the tree and you get that first glimpse that yoda's there you know it's um, that what you doing moment. It's, it's that same thing when um you know uh qui-gon starts to come into form in kenobi and everything oh um it's just that that injection of nostalgia but and so it's it's a great scene just for for that familiarity no but you get a powerful lesson out of it yeah and and um sticking you know how do you out, out outdo do or do not there is no try or you know that is why you fail like how do you outdo such uh mic drops like that well you you give for me personally lines of just 
you know, like, yeah, pass on what you have learned, all, all this good stuff. But we but are failure, what they grow beyond. Well, for you, but for, yes. for me, failure, you know, like, yeah, that that's that's probably the greatest thing you can learn from. Mm-hmm. And, you know, being someone who has had experience with failure, just going through things, being able to hear that, like, yeah, it happened, but like we can still build from that. Yeah. yeah. Like it, it's not the point to forget about it. It's not the point, like you were saying, um, to to act like it didn't happen. It, yeah. It's the point of taking it, learning from it, doing something about it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like you also mentioned, Alden. And they learn from Luke. I mean, they failed in Obi-Wan and Yoda in telling Luke the yeah. only move here is to oh. kill Vader or else we lose. Mm-hmm. was a failure of teaching and leadership. They didn't see a third way. It wasn't yeah. just kill him or lose. Luke found mm-hmm. the other thing. And so in essence, Yoda is saying, kid, because you're still a kid to me, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. young Skywalker still, even though he's in his 60s. Uh, it's, you know, kid, you're the one that showed us the other way. Now let her show you the exactly. another another way and it, and that and that's why it has to be a story of generations and that's why in rise you know there's lots of great lines in that get up and fight moment of of rise ray and yoda says alone never have you been because mm-hmm. even though yoda has lost almost everybody that he was ever close to and loved and trained and raised um they're all still there they're all still with him um kanan has that great line of like you know in the heart of a jedi lies her strength and those two things sort of like really hit me in the theater like it's Mm -hmm. it's all about heart and yoda knew it at a time no doubt i mean i'm sure there were other jedi along the way that taught him in the same way luke did over Mm -hmm. those hundreds and hundreds of years but it's easy to forget something you become jaded it was something that i i loved about the obi-wan show is that obi-wan doesn't he learns some new things, of course, but he's also being reminded of things that cynicism and pain made him forget. Like we've all yeah. been depressed. And when you're depressed, you very easily forget things Absolutely. very easily. You you mm-hmm. forget how to do simple things. You forget how to navigate. You forget stuff you already learned. Um, and so for him to finally come to that conclusion of helping Luke and then being there for her um, and Luke echoing his moment of lifting the X-Wing. And I don't care that it's a nostalgia moment from Empire. I do not care. Everybody wants to come at you all the time. Not at you or at me, but like in general, there's a lot of snark about that uh, from Rise of Skywalker haters. Um, And I'm sorry, if you don't like that, I just, I can't help you. I'm not going to change your opinion. It's fine to not like it, but- You clearly can't have a good time. It's just like, oh my God. I saw, I remember there was a thread that like said some gross things about it too. and, And it even got attention from Star Wars. So a couple Star Wars novelists who I will not name, but it was just this idea of like, well, that's just a self-referential. It's just for the original trilogy nerds. That's just this and that playing Yoda's themes, emotionally manipulative and all that stuff. And it's like, it's buddy. He's, it's a movie. And, and, and also saying that it made, makes Luke the main character and takes away her moment. That's not true because Yoda doesn't take, Yoda doesn't become the main character of empire. Like no. it's, it's about passing it down. He finally mm-hmm. was, you don't think he's lifted ships off screen in his 30 year Jedi career after Jedi. Come on. We saw what he did in Mandalorian season two. It's not the fact that it's people like, it's not literal. That's not the first Mm -hmm. time he did something like that. He's done epic things. It's that he was able to have that smile almost as if the character is realizing like, Oh, I'm Yoda now. 
Like yeah. he's having that mo- like he, Mark Campbell does that little smile. They're also very clever um, and not having him raise his other hand because it's almost like JJ didn't want to answer the question. Does he have a stump in the afterlife or does he have a hand? You <laughs> right. never, ever in any ghost close. Luke shot. Do you see more than his other hand ever? When he's sitting, it's obscured. That's when more he's than telling I've the story been. about Leia, it's obscured. When he's lifting it, it's obscured. It's obscured by the robe. So that's just mm. funny. But he has that moment of like, once he lifts it and sets it down, he lets out this smile and he's kind of like, oh man, like I'm back there. Now I get it. Yeah. Like (laughs) I, I, now, and and she's a quicker, she's a quicker study than he was. And so he's, and that's a good thing. And it's part of the point. And, and she's immediately (laughs) like, looks back at him and smiles like, oh, you, you have my back, Mm -hmm. even though I failed. And that's the evolution of, the burning of the tree into now she's trying to also light a fire on this island. And he shows up like, hold on before you get to where I, I was. see where this is going. Yeah. Let yeah. me save you a few years there before. Is yeah, exactly. Significance in the way that he says, what are you doing? What are you doing? You and literally pulled me out yeah. of this mess. Exactly. And, and people love to be like, Oh, the weapon of the Jedi deserves more respect is a, is a dig. It's not a dig. Because no. he if learns anything, that at the dig. end of Last Jedi. It's a dig yeah. at himself. If Exactly. If exactly. anything, yeah. it is. It's a dig in-universe to him. Mm-hmm. It's a dig where he's like, I was a dick. I acknowledge that I was rude to you and unfair, and I didn't answer the call. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I should have also. The answer. Exactly. exactly. And, and so I, it's building. And so that's why when people, this is a whole different conversation, but when people are like, Rise ignores Last Jedi, I really wonder like how they did in high school English. Um, because it, it's it didn't do well. Know, it's like, an evolution, and Yoda is so key to that. He lingers over the whole scene and musically too, and it's important. Yeah, well, and that's he's he is a legacy character for sure. Mm-hmm. And you may be listening and thinking that oh no, the, the, these idiots could not possibly be this ridiculous. These critics cannot be that petty. I don't make this stuff up. They, I hate that you brought that into my. They broadcast. absolutely are. They absolutely ah, are. Play the other one. There. Oh. <laughs> Play the other one before we get too far. If you want to turn the channel, go ahead, fool. Turn the channel. If you want to learn something about God, shut your mouth and listen to me for a minute. That's me talking about George Lucas. <laughs> That's, That's that, that was all for like five minutes. <laughs> oh, oh man. my gosh. That was my oh. essence. If you send me TikToks, they they with ridiculous, uh, out of context can uh, I get a information. Fool, we can you what? Can I get a you fool? You fool! <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is bad comedy. <laughs> oh it's my gosh, comedy. making up for all the times I forget to use our buttons. I um, gotta send in some contributions to the yeah. to the video. Do, do your worst you. at Nerd Herder Podcast <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> Um, it may make the show. If it does, I'll give you a shout out. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Boop's brother Ryan for for those two. <laughs> Ryan um, Vincent, father of the year. Yeah, my goodness. Um, but uh, look, here's the thing, guys. We we uh, covered a lot of ground. We also didn't cover some ground, and that's okay. The ground will be fine. We clearly established in the early minutes of this episode we're not professionals. Um, and also, we're just milking the content, okay? We're leaving we're a little bit of, uh, yeah, yeah we're, we're leaving a little bit uh, there to return to at a later date um, for poignant and lovely conversations again, maybe with uh, these lovely faces on screen 
maybe. maybe with other new faces. We have all kinds of folks on the show. We blow our budget thanks to our patrons um, on uh, guests. Thank goodness. Um, you know, thanks for your money. Uh, checks have been in the mail. Uh, no one's received one yet, but I'm you know, sure uh, it, it is out there. Um, Wait a second. And- I'm not being paid for this appearance. It's in the mail. You're being fortunate. Oh, no, I'm paying to be on this show. I, I, put, <laughs> I, I put Monopoly money in an envelope and put it in the mail. Welcome to the Nerd Herder Prosperity Gospel. That's a comedy <laughs> callback. Plant your seed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a church reference for people that don't like keep up with that stuff. I'm sorry. There's a whole group of people that are going to take that out of context. And just to cap it oh. off, Hail Satan. Uh, yeah, uh, fans and their own ridiculous delusions with some of that stuff, man. It's ridiculous. But yeah. uh, thank you guys for your wisdom, for your, your laughs, uh, for your support and all your patience as we uh, literally did two streams technically tonight. Technically. <laughs> uh, you know, but Ooh. eventually year five, we'll get the hang of this. I promise. Um, We've been doing this for four years. We have. Um, yes. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Um, Sorry. <laughs> no, we love we love to do it. We love uh, what we get to do. We get to have fun conversations about things we enjoy with our friends and people tune in and, and some people even pay for it. Uh, a real podcast. That said, you can do that way. too. You can support us along the way. We're actually looking at some new equipment and whatnot to be able to um, uh, bolster and improve Nerd Herder along the way. And so if you feel so kindly led uh, you can buy merch that supports us. You can buy coffee that supports us, or you can just give directly to our patron. Uh, important links are in the description. And for any of those wondering, the Amidala Initiative and what choice fundraiser, those links are in our link tree uh, below as well. And so you can still check those out. Their fundraising goals are nearly met. Uh, but even then, you can blow that out the water and keep giving and keep doing good because that's what Star Wars has taught us to do. And so, um, yeah, I don't think that, that there's anything else to do. I think the episode is done. <laughs> John? Yeah. What are we talking about next week? I, you know, I can't recall. What are we talking about next week, John? Play the I video. I can't tell you how... What are you talking about next week, John? <laughs> I can't tell you how much it pained me. Play the video. I, I instantly regretted uh, my new method of promoting our episodes. But I don't. I did create something to let everyone know uh, what to not tune into for next week. Let's ride. I was possessed by an ancient demon. Johnny. In the presence of evil, I change into a monster and I prey on the wicked and I suck out their souls. And you don't want to be around when that happens. See, there's good and bad in all of us. And maybe you're not a murderer. But you did something you wouldn't want the writer to see. A white lie, an illegal download. What about you? And you. I've tried to fight, to hold it back. But the darkness inside me only gets stronger. That's why I had to run halfway across the world. And I'm still running. Can I say something about that since I'm not uh-huh. on next week? Yes. I just want to say one thing. Just one thing. One thing. At the end of Ghost Rider, when Carter Slade 
as played by Sam Elliott is like, you know, I forget the exact lines. I haven't seen it in years, but when he basically does like one last ride mm-hmm. and he gets up on the horse and he reveals that he is Carter Slate. Cause you just think that he's the grave digger yes. and the horse lights up and his hat lights up and everything. And he becomes the Western ghost rider. And That's then Johnny blaze is like, let's ride from the trailer. And then they start going and it's horse and motorcycle all the way. They get to the outskirts of where the final fight is going to take place. And Carter's like, well, that's all I got left in me. Goodbye. <laughs> he just dips. He just leaves. Why didn't you just ride normal and then be Ghost Rider when we got there? You wasted all your ghost juice. Listen, man. That's all I got. That movie is a cinematic masterpiece. We'll talk about it. I, okay. Yeah, that, is, that is, to this day, the only... I need a refund. Appearance of Mephisto. Yeah, I need and a it's refund. the only one we're going to get. Yeah. John, you, you need to talk to you about a refund. You need a refund. Brendan has unsubscribed. That's fine, uh, baby. Yeah, I, I just, can get more subscribers. This this is I, what I I, support, I, I can hope I can support this. I'm going to be on the phone with Alden 15 minutes <laughs> before that. I'm still trying just to figure to out how to get out of my own podcast next week. But you fine. know what? <laughs> I'll do it by myself. Uh, there it is. Uh, we're talking about Ghost Rider. Welcome to the TED Talk. And a new series. Please like cover both call. movies because it's an arc. It is an arc. Trust me because this this begins something new at Nerd Herder you called Let's to, Get Cagey. You uh, have to rewatch oh, hell Ghost yeah. Rider with me. Oh, God. Uh, yes. Don't do that to him. Okay. So if there is movies <sighs> that you want us to watch, specifically starring Nicolas Cage, let me know. And yeah, I will start with Joe's write, write a letter, put it in an envelope, we'll and mail Joe's it to one eight hundred butthole lane. I lost lane. my hand. I uh, lost my bride. If we're gonna do uh, KG, and you get to pig, I want to be on for it because that's that. one of the greatest films. If I'm I've still alive seen. when we do it, Mandy, Elvin, you've, you've I'm got down for Snake Eyes, Cheddar Goblin, <laughs> Mandy. I'm snake down for Snake Eyes. Oh, snake what have eyes. I begun? Yeah. Well, I seriously think he's behind the whole thing. Oh, Kick-Ass 1. He is in Kick-Ass, isn't he? When he does the she did the first-person shooter sequence with Hit-Girl while he's tied to the chair, and he's he's literally on fire, and he's still giving her instructions. He's like, take cover, child! He becomes a Baptist preacher. It's great. (laughs) Mom and Dad, that movie is so good. Tune in next week. There might be a show, and I might be there. Thank you so much for there. watching, Hang and on. remember to stay. Where is it? Where is it? Stay. It's on, on the other side of the coffee Dang table. It. Run! Stay here for one last visual gag that means nothing if you're not watching the show. Hell yeah. Pillicus Cage. Stay <laughs> scruffy, guys. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You know, this is, excuse me, a damn fine cup of coffee.